A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Racewire on Over the Top Cycling. We're at Pro Peloton in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, George Thomas, here with Green Jersey winner from the 2015 U.S. Pro Challenge, Keel Reinen from United Healthcare Cycling Team. Great to have you with us, and congratulations on a great race. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it, was, it was an awesome week, and a lot of teamwork went into it, so we're, we're really happy with it. It's the second year in a row you've won the green jersey. Was your goal going in to get that, correct? Absolutely, yeah. A stage win and, and the green jersey was the goal, and we got two stage wins, another podium, and the green jersey. So uh, it, was, it was definitely a successful week, and it's always harder to repeat uh, a, a result like that than it is to do it the first time. What was it? I mean, how much do you guys actually work focusing on this event? Is it one of the big ones on your calendar? Absolutely, especially uh, with our sponsor, uh, United Healthcare, being a U.S. company. Uh, the big U.S. races are, are uh, you know, top top caliber uh, importance for for us and for our sponsors, and so we um, we want to perform well here, on, and especially just on our home soil. How does a race like this compare to one of the European stage races? Are there really differences? Um, yeah, the roads are generally more open. Um, the, the field is um, dynamic is a little different, um, certainly. But for me, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable here because all my friends are racing and it feels like a bit of a homecoming that way um, every time we, we do these races. But uh, the altitude is, is definitely makes for a different race and just yeah there's there's a lot of factors but it it, it has similarities but, but definitely some differences now it's been fun to watch you mature as a professional cyclist what have you felt has really changed in your ability as you've grown as a cyclist and i don't mean just overall faster but specifically what do you feel has improved the most that's made you such a good all-around racer um, I think one of the hardest things in this sport is, is figuring out what you are good at and, and figuring out early enough that you can um, kind of make a point of honing those skills. It took me a while to figure out that um, I wasn't the fastest guy, I wasn't the best climber, but if you can, you know, in a course where there's a lot of climbing um, and a lot of the sprinters are dropped, uh, I can survive and, and be there for the finish. And if, if I do that, then, then I'm one of the quicker guys left. So figuring out that those type of races suited me took, took a lot of years and now that I know that um, I can kind of focus in on it and, and spend you know my training making sure that I'm, I'm you know simulating those scenarios and, and uh, ready for, for when it happens in, in the real races. Because that I mean I think of you now as a really top sprinter but to look at you you're very thin and it, you kind of strike me as a climber. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, by no means am I a field sprinter, um, and, and I'm certainly not a, a pure climber either, so just somewhere in between. Okay. It was uh, 
actually fun to hear you say how disappointed you actually were with second place in the first stage because you really would have liked to have had the yellow jersey and and kicked things off well whereas I think a lot of people are looking at that thing wow Kiel did great there yeah it's I think the hardest part about not winning is just you know especially on a day like that the types of races I can win you know, require a lot of teamwork and so the guys spent all day selling out for me um, you know making sure the pace was hard enough that the sprinters got dropped and then making sure that I stayed in the group once once it got really hard uh, and we we put in a lot of work we had to ride the front all the way to the finish there and um, we were definitely on the limit BMC pushed us to to our, our maximum and um, to see the guys sell out like that I, I want to do the, the best I can on their behalf and uh, it's in a, in a race like that, you know, first isn't very far away, so you you always it's a little bittersweet, I guess. I, I was certainly happy with the result and I'm glad to be on the podium the first day and start things off right. But um, when it's that close, you you know you also want it. And hats off to BMC and, and Taylor for for that day. They did a phenomenal job and beat us fair and square. But still, you came back. You got a stage win. You had to be really be gunning for it after getting a second in that first stage. Yeah, we knew there was uh, more difficult stages coming up where guys like Taylor weren't weren't going to make that finish, and um, so we uh, just had to make sure I did. <laughs> so, what's your mindset really as you're setting up for a sprint? Um, that looks so hectic when you see it on TV, and it's hectic when you're in it in an amateur race. Uh, from my own experience, but. There's got to be so much adrenaline flowing. Are you just focused on your team? What What's going on in your mind? Yeah, you certainly have to have a lot of trust in your teammates um, in those last couple K, especially the last few hundred meters. Um, they're, they're the guys that you know, you're following just blindly. And uh, it's, it's hard to stay calm sometimes, but the best thing you can do is just take a deep breath and, and um, you know, be intuitive. It's, if, if you think about it too much, it's too late already. So you really have to just uh, do what feels right and kind of follow the movement of the, the peloton. Um, you know, in that sprint in Aspen, for instance, when Logan jumped, I didn't think to myself, oh, Logan jumped, there's 400 meters to go or 300 meters to go, you better follow. You know, and just instinctually knew that the line was close enough, I better follow. And um, relying on your, your instincts is, is definitely the best thing you can do in those, those last few meters. How long did it take you to develop that? Is it from working with teammates that you really trust? I mean, you just said that as well, but I mean, I think everybody's natural inclination is to have that moment of hesitation, or is that not yeah, correct? I, I think, Are you someone who doesn't? I think so, that, that maybe the first reaction is to hesitate, but you do that three times and it costs you the race three times and, and then you don't do it again. Um, every sprint is different, every finish is different. There's, there's no exact same scenario kind of things so you, you have to rely on past experience but we do you know 60 70 80 race days a year and, and so uh, you after a couple of, of times you know knowing you're the strongest or fastest guy and, and messing it up and losing the race uh, despite that then you, you start to learn pretty quick when did you lock up the green jersey I think on the Loveland Fort Collins stage, after we snagged those first two intermediate sprints, they were early on in the stage. We knew we could control the bunch uh, through that, that 35K mark. And so we decided to just commit and do it so that we could, could have it, um, have, could have less stress about it the final day and focus on sprinting for Murphy. So 
um, even before the, the finish line where we picked up a couple more points, I think we had it pretty well sewn up there. What are the intermediate sprints like? Um, are other teams really going after it? Are you looking at other riders that you know are, are really wanting to win the green? It depends. It just depends on how close it is and, and which teams are, are looking at it. Uh, sometimes the, the green jerseys won by being in the breakaway a lot and, and having a couple of good stage results. Sometimes it's just one on stage results and not worrying about the breakaways. We try to take advantage of, of a little bit of both the intermediate sprints and the, the finish. Um, and in the end, I think it was, it was a, a good, you know, we had a good enough margin that there weren't a lot of people contesting us for those intermediate sprints. But had it not been, um, you know, for those earlier results, it would have been a lot closer uh, race for the green jersey, and we might have had more of a battle for those, those first two intermediates. Talk to you after Loveland. Um, what happened in the, the time trial and the final two stages? Were you really gunning for the win uh, on stage seven? Uh, the time trial was just more of a, you know, try and survive kind of scenario. Um, but when you're on good form, sometimes you surprise yourself. I didn't expect to do very well in the time trial. And um, that, that time trial in the grand scheme of things for me was actually pretty decent. Uh, that being said, though, it was mostly about saving the legs for, for stage seven. And, and yeah, the, the idea was to win again there. Um, we focused on those first two intermediate sprints in the beginning, and that cost us a little bit of team energy. But uh, with Danny up the road and, and the breakaway looking promising, we sort of shifted gears and, and thought, okay, we'll, we'll let the breakaway um, take this one. And, and hopefully Danny can, can win in that reduced sprint. Then Danny crashed out. Uh, we had to change tactics again and, and started to chase the breakaway, but it was too little too late. And they, it was a strong breakaway that day, and they took it to the line. Had they um, you know, had one less guy or, or the wind been a little different, maybe we would have been able to bring them back, but uh, that's bike racing. So you were fairly tired after Tour of Utah when we spoke before the U.S. Pro Challenge. It uh, didn't seem to affect you too much as far as the uh, pro challenge went. How are you feeling now? Uh, different type of tired. The, the pro challenge is, is extremely high altitude race, much higher than Utah was this year. We spent a lot of time at 10,000 plus feet. So uh, that's really hard on your cardiovascular system and, and your sleep and a lot of other things. But your legs don't get quite as sore because you just can't put out the same power you do at sea level. So uh, it was a very different type of tired, I think, than is typical after a race. That being said, I'm, I'm definitely exhausted and need some good nights of sleep. But uh, I think, you know, with the training we did before Utah, it's, uh, we'll bounce back pretty quick and a week of recovery should be plenty. And how are you spending this week? Uh, as a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, 
far as resting, do you, obviously you're out riding some, um, so it's more of an active rest, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I actually I did quite a few hours already this week, but just very easy riding and, um, and just enjoying it, just enjoying the scenery and the roads and um, anything you can do to mentally refresh at this point is, is good. And what are you having to prepare for now? Uh, next up will be TTT Camp, uh, Bucks County, TTT Worlds, hopefully Road Worlds, and then probably Lombardia and Abu Dhabi. Now, Team Time Trial, when were you selected for that team? That was relatively recent, um, but uh, probably three weeks ago or so. It's, so you are having a, a specific camp for that? Yeah, so the TTT is different than the Road Race at Worlds. It's by trade team. It's not by the national team. So instead of racing with the same guys I'd be doing potentially the Road Race with, All-Americans, uh, selected by... It is um, United Healthcare. USA Cycling. It is, yeah, that's correct. The TTT is, is uh, UHC's own team, and it can be a mixed nationality team. So with that, I mean, you don't do too many of those throughout the year, but... I would assume going to a camp like that, again, you're used to riding with each other, so it's not going to be that difficult for you to gel as a team. Yeah, the, t the team time trial is a very specific event, and it requires a lot of time, energy, and money to do uh, particularly well at it. That, now that, you know, that being said, it's important to our team, and, and with Worlds here in the U.S., it's, we're going to do the best we can. Um, you know, in that event, but it's it'll definitely be hard to compete with you know some of the teams that put a lot of a lot of funding in, into it. Um, but we, we hope to have a good showing, and I think having a, a camp beforehand makes a big difference. How is a trade team selected for the Worlds, or are you allowed to just enter? I don't know all the criteria, but I do know that because we are the host nation, uh, it is we get more spots for the U.S. registered okay. teams. So we'll see a handful of the U.S. continental teams as well as pro continental teams do that uh, event. But um, I couldn't tell you exactly what the, the criteria are. Now, when will the road team be selected? And how many people are picked for that team? I don't know the exact date. Last year, it was early September. Uh, this year, as same as last year, we'll get six riders qualified. That's all. Um, the maximum you can qualify is nine, and there's a lot of rules that and uh, point systems that go into that. So it's uh, it's definitely not easy to explain. But um, the, at the end, what, what matters is we got six spots. <laughs> and I mean, there's got to be a lot of people vying for those six spots. You've had some really good showings this year. You think you've got a good shot at it? I certainly hope so. Uh, it's not straightforward for, for the selection committee either. You know, they're not necessarily taking the six best guys. They're taking the six guys who can create the best team, you know, get the best result together. So I think a lot of that is, is important, that those team dynamics. I hope the results I've had um, put me on that, that list. But uh, there's a lot of guys who, who want to be on that team this year, especially because it's in the U.S. Now, after something like the World Championships, are your following races, is there any kind of a letdown at all, or are you even more primed to do uh, the following events? It really depends on, on what you've done in your season leading up to that. 
uh, late season, it definitely gets a little bit dicey. Some guys sort of fall apart, even uh, if mentally they're excited about racing, their bodies are, are toast or, or vice versa. Sometimes your body's great, you're on great form, and you just don't have the mental capacity for any more travel. But those end of the season races are definitely a, a time when you can, you know, if you are motivated and have the form, you can get a big result. And are those kind of propelling you into the next season, or are you just going in thinking, okay, this is it, I'm done now, and I'm going to recover? Yeah, absolutely. They, they play a role in, in your preparation for the, the following season. If you end your season in September versus October, you got to start training a little bit earlier. Um, and it also depends a lot on when you plan on starting the next season, what races you're going to do. And as you're thinking about the next season, how soon do you start making a decision about this is what I want my calendar to be or does your team kind of do that for you? How does that work? What goes into that? There's definitely a lot of thought that goes into it, but there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, depends on how your winter training is going, depends on injuries, depends on what races suit you, what races the team's going to. Sometimes they don't know about the invites until a little bit later in the winter. so. You can have guesses, but there's, there's definitely no certainty to it. And for you, how does your winter t training work? Do you actually take some specific time completely off the bike to recharge? How do you watch your diet? I mean, you've got to keep some semblance of fitness, I'm sure. Yeah, generally I'll spend about two weeks doing anything and everything I want, um, just enjoying the break and another maybe two weeks off the bike, but running or um, swimming, things like that, a little bit of boxing. <laughs> uh, and then after that four weeks, I'll get back on the bike and, and slowly build back the hours. Those first couple months are really about building the base for the rest of the season. There's not a lot of intensity. It's, it's mostly just about hours. And then as you get closer to the races, you'll pick up the, the intensity with all kinds of intervals and misery. Now, it's interesting you bring up boxing because that really has a lot to do with my next question. I was wondering if it really goes specifically into a contract that you are not allowed to do certain things. Like I was wondering about downhill skiing. I mean, here you live in Colorado, but there's something that wrong slip, catch an edge, whatever, you could really wreck your season and not be doing it when you're on your bike. Yeah, teams uh, justifiably want us to steer clear of dangerous activities. Uh, the worst thing for, for a team and a rider would be a, an injury non-bike related you know, at home between races. So we certainly try and limit the, the dangerous activities we're doing and, and some contracts have those clauses in them. Uh, but you know, common sense prevails. Just you know, don't, don't get your, uh, yourself into a situation where you don't feel comfortable and um, you know, ruin your season because of it. Was this a good season for you? Yeah, absolutely. Has it, was, it been? It's not over yet. It got to, uh, off to a good start, and, and then um, I had kind of a rough patch uh, in late spring where, uh, you know, for whatever reason, things just weren't clicking, and got back and uh, had a couple of decent races, took a break, and uh, when we came back to Utah, myself and, and the rest of my teammates as well, we just, we all were hyper-motivated, worked really well together, and everything went you know, phenomenally for us. So I think we're all definitely really pleased with how it went and uh, couldn't ask for more out of, out of Utah and Colorado. And the cycling team, are most of the people friends? Do you see each other in the off season? Um, you're actually pretty much from all over the country. 
Yeah, we happen to have about four guys, um, five if you count Danny and Denver, uh, in the area, and that's that's pretty awesome. I, I love uh, hanging out with those guys. I do spend a lot of time with them off the bike as well as on the bike, and um, you know we, we enjoy that that time together. I think it makes a difference later in the season on the bike, the, the time that you spent together in the off season, and um, I also have a lot of other friends on on different teams that. That I spend time with, so it's not uh, it's not like we're arch enemies all all winter long. <laughs> and then, what are you kind of looking for next year? Any specific race you're really hoping to be able to do? I think uh, I'd really love to continue to do some of the the World Tour uh, Spring events, and that's um, mostly with an eye on the Olympics. That's uh, it's not an easy selection to make, and, and the course isn't necessarily um, one that is similar to the classics, but oftentimes it gets raced that way. It's a one-day race, and that's... You've ridden that course before? Which course? Or the Rio course? No, no, I, I haven't. Mean, it's so, not even yeah, set so, yet, you know, it? getting some more intel from that okay. will, be, will be the first step, but anything... Um, you know, I can do to, to have a chance at doing that, I, I definitely take seriously. Besides that, of course, you know, the big America races are always really important. California, Utah, Colorado, Philly, Nationals has always been really close to, to my heart, and um, I'd love to win it, finally. Uh, but <laughs> You've been so close. <laughs> yeah. The schedule will just depend a lot on, um, you know, where, where and when the team needs me and uh, what courses will suit me. So I want to see you take course dates as well as win the Stars and Stripes at the National Championship Road Race. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Any any year you win the Nationals is a good year. Keel, it's always great visiting with you, and uh, it's been really fun following your career to this point, and uh, look forward to watching you in the future. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Over the Top Cycling at Pro Peloton in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.